Hello, my name is Blake Lindley. Uh, thank you for joining us today. You're listening to the Life for All International podcast, where we discuss all things uh, pro-life around the world. Uh, today we have a special guest with us, Catherine Howe. She is the program director for Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption Services here in Oklahoma City. So she's going to be sharing with us a little bit uh, today about her ministry and what she does. Um, before um, before we get into that, I do want to mention that I've known Catherine for about seven years, a little over seven years because my son is seven. And Catherine is very special to me and my wife and our whole family because she helped us uh, adopt our oldest son, Jordan. So uh, we go way back to that and it's a very special uh, relationship and she's just been a good friend um, ever since. Uh, Catherine, before we start talking about your ministry here in Deaconess, I was wondering if you could share maybe a little bit about yourself. Yes, um, I am the program director at Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption Services. I began my adoption career 13 years ago, and I was an adoption specialist working with birth families and adoptive families, as well as, as, well as adopted children. And then I've been the program director in leadership over adoption specialists and the workings here at Deaconess for two years. Uh, yes, that's wonderful. So how did you get into um, adoption? Like what was, how did you first start? So I had been a child life specialist at Children's Hospital in my first career uh, for eight years. And then I felt it was time to go home and be with my young children. And I was at a at home stay at home mother for five years. And then when it was time to go back to work, uh, due to some changes in our family, I began to pray um, about what the Lord uh, had for me next. Um, I had a lady at church who had actually had three adopted children from Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption, and she shared with me that they were looking for staff members. And that is how I came through adoption. Um, in addition, once I did become uh, an adoption specialist, I realized the different ties to adoption that I had experienced and I did not realize it um, until I came here. One was I had a 16-year-old friend who lived with us when she became pregnant in high school. Um, and she did parent, but I had not even thought about it with the realm of she could have chosen adoption but was not um educated on it. A second was that um, my family did almost adopt a little boy um, actually when they became pregnant with me. And so thinking about that, um, as well as as far as pro-life, my mother um, had had uh, open heart surgery at 19. And when she was pregnant with me, the second pregnancy around 28, she was told that she would die if she kept the pregnancy. And so for my life, um, she was asked to have an abortion and she chose life for me. So all of that tied together without me even thinking about uh, the story that I already had. Uh, Catherine, I've known you for 
a little over seven years, and those are some things that I didn't even know about you. And that's, so that's wonderful personally for me to hear that, to hear that testimony of God working in your life, allowing you to have those experiences, and as well as to have that personal testimony of your mom choosing life. Um, and that is such a common, I hear that in, in my work all over the world, that doctors are often the some of the first people to push women into having an abortion. And because they have that role as authority, as being a medical professional, many women do choose to have an abortion solely because the doctor has recommended it to them, even though they themselves would have never have thought about considering an abortion or having an abortion. Um, and so it's so important for us to help medical professionals understand that they have a great power in this, that if they see the life as valuable, as precious, uh, then that mother can also see that. But if they if they lead those women into that, then uh, they are actually, in, in some ways, pushing women into having an abortion that they otherwise would never have. So thank you for that testimony. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, can you tell us maybe a little bit about uh, Deaconess, itself what is what is deaconess what does it do what's its mission right so uh, deaconess um, was called home of redeeming love and it was begun in 1900 by some deaconesses from the free methodist church um, who created um, a home for women um, unwed women who were pregnant um, and in the first couple of years a baby was left on the doorstep um, of this home and had a note saying that they uh, would like this child placed with a Christian family. And that is how adoption started for the Home of Redeeming Love, now Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption. In 19, around 1910, um, some, they were moved to Oklahoma City and a uh, hospital on the hospital lands that are now Deaconess Hospital. So we uh, created a women and children's working farm and hospital for women. And then after the war, it was turned into a family hospital as those needs were apparent. In the 90s, uh, Deaconess Hospital, uh, with Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption being a uh, part of that hospital, so we became a department of the hospital as the hospital got larger than we did, but Deaconess Hospital was sold for profit, and at that time, a uh, Butterfield Memorial Foundation was created from the sale of the hospital, and then now Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption is a subsidy of Butterfield Memorial Foundation. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, the story is incredible. I've heard it several times in diff different settings, but to me, some of the things about Deaconess's story that stand out to me is, one, these women were faithful to God, uh, to honor God and what they were doing. Another thing is they weren't, they never intended on starting an adoption service or an adoption ministry, but God opened that door and led them in that direction. Uh, that was more than a hundred years ago. And so the testimony and the legacy of those first women who said, we're going to obey God, we're going to step out and bring life 
and just to see God's faithfulness over the years, through the decades. Um, and I think about, you know, my son Jordan, which I've shared this testimony, is just one life, you know, and the impact that one life can have uh, to think about those women who started that ministry and the legacy that they have carried long after they have passed away. Um, how many people in Oklahoma have been impacted uh, by those ladies starting that ministry. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about our ministry, Life for All, is helping people around the world start new ministries in their own communities uh, that can have that kind of legacy and impact. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's neat to me to see you, Catherine, as somebody who was by a doctor suggested to not be here anymore, uh, to not be alive, now working as part of that legacy. Uh, it's just an incredible thing. Um, what about, can you tell us, so that's a little bit about the history of, of Deaconess and how they got to this point. Can you tell us a little bit about what does what does Deaconess do today? What are the services that you, that you provide? Um, yes, I'd be glad to share. We work with women in unplanned pregnancies that call or get in touch with us so that it is a voluntary choice for them to look at the option of adoption. Um, We also work with adoptive families who want to adopt and so through the what we call a home study process where uh, we do a visitation in their home and we do interviews and background checks, uh, create a document so they can adopt in the state of Oklahoma. We also work with um, children who have been adopted um, with those adoptive families to answer any questions as they walk through the process um, and as they walk through life. Um, Adoption is not a one-time occurrence. It's an ongoing, ongoing thing with families. Um, In addition, we have a search and reunion process for children that were adopted through Deaconess um, from 1900. Um, any birth mother and or child can search for each other um, with a confidential intermediary. And so we do have someone on staff that just does uh, search and reunion services. And from personal experience, you know, going through Deaconess, you know, I have that personal experience of, of what Deaconess does. Uh, to me, in my opinion, Deaconess is what I would consider a, a full service adoption agency, meaning that they help you with all the details from the financial to the um, lawyers and just every step of the process, and they work with you. Um, and so not all, not all adoption agencies are the same, um, but to me, Deaconess is one of the best because of how much they accomplish, how much they take care of, um, and that, that's one thing. When we and me and Carol Ann were going through it, that we really appreciated about deaconesses, uh, y'all bore the brunt of the work and the labor in the the adoption process. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us uh, maybe what are some of your client outcomes for women who are coming in and considering having an uh, considering placing for an adoption? Right. So we. Uh... We see around 125 women a year, Mm. and we have around 20 adoptions. Mm. So we work with women um, in their unplanned pregnancy to help them understand what choice they want to make. Do they want to parent? 
Do they want to place a baby for adoption? What does that look like? So helping them in that walk. Um, in addition, um, we have so we have women who choose to parent, and we have women who choose to place their children voluntarily for adoption. And we see a lifetime of services, both for our adoptive family and for our birth family. So they can both uh, receive services ongoing for a lifetime. Um, and we see that as a crucial part of adoption um, in helping in different stages of adoption, both with a, a woman who's made an adoption plan and has different points of grief during her lifetime, um, as well as the adoptive family as they're raising a child and the layers that come with a child that's been adopted and meeting the needs of that child um, as they grow um, with regards to adoption. Yeah, and I think that's the... It's a holistic approach and it's a well-rounded approach that they're not just here for the adoption event, but you're here for the women, for the, for the, for the long term, and you're here for the parents, the birth, uh, or the adoptive parents for the long term, and you're there for the child for the long term. And I think that's uh, really important. Um, what would you say to somebody that, that may be listening to this podcast that, either maybe they are in a crisis pregnancy and considering adoption, or maybe more likely listening to this podcast, they know somebody who is in a crisis pregnancy and, and is thinking about possibly adopting. What would, what advice, what front end advice would you give them? Um, if someone's in an unplanned pregnancy, I would encourage them to get information, to know what options they have. Um, I think there's a lot of myths surrounding adoption um, to continue this day in this day, but what adoption has really um, formulated into is that it's more of an open relationship between adoptive families, birth families, and the child. And so what we've learned um, in all these years is that it is healthy for a child to have a relationship or have knowledge of their birth family from the very beginning of their life. Um, this becomes a normal part of their development and then there's not any secrecy. Everything is honest and truthful, which helps that child feel whole. Um, and what we do also know is that how an adoptive family feels or talks about their birth family is how a child will feel about themselves. So in thinking about all those things is um, for a woman to know uh, what that would look like um, with her child, to be able to envision that um, in looking at adoption, as well as what are the truths about parenting um, and what resources would she have. Yeah, and I think that's great. And I'm glad you touched on open adoption. So uh, real quickly, can you give us just a brief, what is the difference between closed and open real quick? You mentioned a little bit. Yeah, so a closed adoption would be a confidential adoption where information would not be exchanged, including names or, or anything about the adoptive family or the birth family. Um, for our agency, only a birth mother would be able to choose that because we do feel that a child should have access to that. Um, a semi-open adoption would be more as pictures and letters exchanged, but there's not any visitation. And then an open adoption has varying types of openness. However, open adoption is ongoing visitation and or pictures and letters and information explained. 
um, some of the myths are that in open adoption, a, a, a birth mother would come to the house or do something that would be um, infringing on boundaries. Um, but there's some openness agreements that are created. So there's boundaries created um, and the visitation begins in our office. And then as people feel more comfortable, then they could have a relationship outside of our office that's unmediated. Um, however, all of those decisions are made together. And so uh, those boundaries continue and everyone feels comfort. Yeah, and I, I think it's a great, you know, back, especially a long time ago, you know, closed adoption was the only choice. You had no other choice. And right. now at least women who are give, placing for adoption have at least more than one choice if they want semi-open or open. Um, you know, our son, Jordan, um, while we don't get to see his birth parents very often, um, he does have a picture of him him with his birth parents in his bedroom that he treasures very highly. Um, and then he, you know, he knew from a very young age that he was adopted. We don't make necessarily a big deal of it, but he knows. And I think he, uh, for his long-term health, uh, it's very, very beneficial to him. And so mm -hmm. I appreciate Deaconess's uh, push for open adoption. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you what would you say to somebody who maybe is considering adopting? So that maybe they haven't made the final decision to go ahead and adopt, but they're considering it. Uh, what would you say to the to, to those people? Um, so for adoptive families, um, I would um, encourage them to get information. Um, information about different agencies. See what is a good fit um, for your family. Um, definitely costs always come into consideration as well as lifelong support. Um, and so there are some agencies that give more support than others. And so if that's something that's important to you, I would definitely uh, seek out that information to make sure that that's going to be the, the type of support that you're going to receive. In addition, um, really looking at how they support the adopted child that would be in your home and what services they would have ongoing for your family as a whole. Um, again, as there's different layers in adoption and children, um, as Blake just shared, they share a little bit with their children, um, but it's as you ask, um, as a child asks is when they need to be told information. And so it's on their terms and kind of in their developmental level, uh, it becomes naturally when they, when they ask questions about adoption. So having those wraparound services for a lifetime is very important if you're going to consider an agency. Well, thank you, Catherine, so much for taking time uh, to share about Deaconess and to share about how you got involved and, and what uh, services De Deaconess provides. Obviously, I am a huge fan of Deaconess and a huge fan of you, Catherine. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for taking time with us. Is there a way that uh, people listening to this podcast could get in touch with either you or with Deaconess? Absolutely. We have a, a our number is in Oklahoma City, uh, 405-949-4200. You can also email info at deaconess, D-E-A-C-O-N-E-S-S, adoption.org. Thank you, De uh, Thank you, Catherine, for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for listening uh, to our Life for All International podcast. Again, my name is Blake Lindley. 
and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.